right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks for being with us. Toll free, our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, I've said it many times. I mean it. Uh, it's sad to say we are a constitutional republic, and our constitution is the foundation for every law that we have in this country. We see lawlessness everywhere. We don't see equal application of our laws. We, we don't see equal justice of our laws. Uh, Joe Biden doesn't get to pick and choose which laws he wants to enforce and, and then not only ignore other laws like at the border. If you look at the case of Roger Stone, here's a guy that was accused of a process crime, lying to Congress. And what happens? He gets a pre-dawn raid, guns drawn, 30 people, tactical gear, frogmen and fake news CNN cameras capturing the whole episode. I'm sure they just happened to be wandering in the neighborhood at, at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or whatever time of day it was when they arrested Roger Stone. Then, of course, they want to put Roger Stone away in jail for the rest of his life. And meanwhile, top echelon in the FBI accused of the exact same thing and were referred for investigation. Nothing ever happens. They end up getting TV gigs. They write books. And then they get their pensions back even, in, even after it had been determined by the FBI that they had lied. Uh, that's not equal justice. And if it continues down this path, if Hillary Clinton can get away with her dirty dossier and deleting subpoenaed emails and and then the dirty dossier that is unverifiable and full of lies then be is used to spy on a presidential candidate, a transition team and a president. And nobody's held accountable for that. I would argue that, you know, or the very republic that we love is in deep trouble. Anyway, here to weigh in on it is Roger Stone. Uh, welcome back to the program, sir. By the way, I know your wife's been sick. She was diagnosed. You've been very public about it. I wouldn't bring it up otherwise. Um, and she's been battling cancer. How is she doing? Sean, she's doing amazingly well. I mean, just extraordinarily well. She's a very strong woman, uh, and she has faced this adversity with great bravery. Uh, her head is in a great place, both spiritually, uh, and she's doing very well. Uh, medicinally, we have chosen to use holistic and homeopathic remedies and prayer, strongest possible combination. But, but Sean, let me say at the top, when we were in this two-year struggle for my freedom, when I was framed by an illegitimate, malicious prosecution, when they were squeezing me to testify falsely against the president to try to create you know, an article of impeachment, you were one of the few conservatives who stepped forward, both publicly and privately, giving me private advice, spiritual advice, going on the air, radio and television, pointing out the injustice in my case. And this is something Mrs. Stone and our family will never forget. Never. Roger, it's not hard to stand up for the right thing. I, 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 that, that, that does not define courage, really. And what happened here is we're not going to survive as a republic, Roger. And I'm not this is not hyperbole to me. This is this is just a reality. If you have the exact same charges against top people in the deep state or the FBI, not the 99 percent that I believe are good people, but the one percent that abuse power and are corrupt. And they're referred for the exact same, quote, crime that they're trying to charge you with. And nothing happens to them. We've lost our justice system, Roger. That is a real clear present danger to our country. On the very day that the D.C. Circuit Court upheld my conviction, despite the fact that the jury forewoman was caught red-handed 
attacking me by name regarding the case in which she had been selected as juror on Facebook and Twitter the year before and attacking President Trump, which she had on a private setting during the jury selection and my trial, and then quietly deleted, the prosecutor in my case, who was also overseeing the investigation into Andrew McCabe, announced that there would be no charges brought against McCabe. Talk about two-tiered justice. He admitted lying to the FBI. In my case, any misstatement I made before the House Intelligence Committee was immaterial. It, it hid no underlying crime. Mr. Stone, did you have a club sandwich on August 7th? I don't remember. Well, did the club sandwich have mayonnaise or mustard? Uh, <laughs> I think it was mustard. No, no, sir, it was mayonnaise. You lied. I mean, it's that insignificant. Uh, but it was a frame job with a biased judge who could not conceal her hatred for me and for the president. Uh, a, a completely rigged jury, not a single military veteran, not a single non-Democrat, not a single Roman Catholic, not a single African-American male. Uh, it's almost statistically impossible, so, except for some way they, they figure out a way to do it. Uh, it was a Soviet-style show trial. Uh, and I thank Jesus Christ uh, and the Lord for giving Donald Trump the strength and the courage uh, to pardon me, uh, first commuting my sentence and then giving me an unconditional pardon uh, just before Christmas. He saved my life, uh, and uh, I'm convinced that I was saved for some greater purpose. And when he is ready to reveal to me what that is, I will, I will be in the Lord's service. What do you think, um, after going through all of this, what does it tell you about what you now know about the country that others that have never lived through this I mean, I know people follow it, but most people I know are really busy, Roger. You know, they, they're getting up, they're, they're getting the kids off to school, get some breakfast in their stomach, they make their lunch, they race out, they put in their 12, 14-hour days, they help their kids with their homework, they, they, they hopefully turn on Hannity and, and fall asleep right after, right? Or after Laura. And, and everybody's so busy that they just don't have time to get involved, in large part, I would argue, because of the confiscatory taxation in this country. As you look at the the future of the country and you listen and you see what's happening with Biden, you compare the, the time that Donald Trump was president, the hatred of that man is beyond any any description that I can use on this program. And I, I don't know. I don't know which way the country's headed yet. I haven't. I I, I hope that 2022 becomes 2010 on steroids and human growth hormone. But I can't assure everybody that. Well, first of all, our judicial system is is epically broken. I mean, the 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 regulations that Attorney General Bill Barr signed in April of 2020 uh, said that if you were 65 years old or over and you were convicted of a nonviolent crime, you were supposed to be sent to home confinement. They wanted to send me to a dank Georgia prison where they insisted there were no COVID-19. Uh, cases. I was 68 years old at the time with a lifetime history of asthma. This was a de facto death sentence. We only know because the head of the prison guards union at that facility contacted my lawyers and said, they're lying. There's 200 or more cases here that they're concealing. That actually came out within days of my sentence being commuted. But you see, if I died in prison, then I never would have gotten to my appeal. And my appeal would have exposed Mueller, Weissman, uh, the judge, the jury, the entire process. 
They couldn't afford to have that happen. So, no, I was marked for death. There's no question about that. Uh, and thank God for the hundreds of thousands of patriots who prayed for me, who donated to my legal defense fund. And now, Sean, I face 17 totally baseless, unsubstantiated, groundless harassment civil suits filed by crackpots, Soros-funded leftists, and hysterical Democrats. Wait a minute, you're being, su- you're being sued? You have 17 separate lawsuits against you? I'm not trying to laugh, but I'm like, good grief. No, it, it's called lawfare. It, it's the filing of totally baseless, but, but really sensationalized lawsuits. President Trump and I were sued in one suit. Uh, they delivered, the, the process server delivered it only two weeks ago. And it reads like a press release. And then Stone and Trump ordered the rabble to charge the Capitol. No, he didn't. There's no evidence to support any of that. It is totally baseless. But between now and the end of the year, my legal fees will be another quarter of a million dollars just to move to dismiss these cases. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's just there. It's payback. The bloodlust for me on Twitter is beyond anything that you've seen. I mean, it is, it is hysterical. I don't let my kids or my grandkids look at it because it, it's too upsetting. People calling for the for for the death of me. People saying, "Oh, Stone's wife is dying of cancer." This is pay- no, that's PTSD from two years of harassment by Mueller and his thugs. And it's not incidental that her cancer came on shortly after I was pardoned. Shortly after we were trying to get my life back on track. Quick break. More with Roger Stone on the other side. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, our number. You want to be a part of the program? We'll get to your calls coming up straight ahead. All right, we continue now more with Roger Stone. Your wife is sick. I mean, obviously, stress, stress, everything I've read is proven to be connected to some cancers and health issues for sure. Um, And you're bankrupt when you come out of this whole process. And now you got to pick up the pieces or at least attempt to pick up the pieces of your life now. And and I know you're grateful. Um, One thing that I did notice over the course of the time that you had gone through all of this, you know, you seem to have really emerged in terms of your personal faith, belief in God, it seems to have given you almost a, a whole new life. There's no question about that. I'm still a happier warrior, a happy warrior. I'm not going to give up this fight. No, I will not settle any of these lawsuits. Uh, they tried to smear me on January 6th. Sorry, I wasn't there. Know nothing about it. ABC News was particularly atrocious and vicious in their attempts at guilt by association. Sean, you you know this because well, if, you, if, you, if you're not there, how do how can they hold you accountable for anything? Exactly. Were you were you involved exactly. in any of the planning that went on? I assume I the answer is no. I know nothing about it. There's nothing for me to turn over. I know nothing about it. I was shocked as anybody else. Uh, it was counterproductive for those in the Trump movement, uh, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it is suspicious. Uh, it, and more and more, we learn about FBI informants planted in the crowd and the misconduct of Capitol Hill police officers, but seven Capitol Hill police officers are suing President Trump and I, claiming uh, that we denied them their civil rights and we endangered them. Bull talkie, that's nonsense, but it's, it's lawfare. 
these lawsuits read like a press release, not like a legal pleading, uh, but they have no evidence or proof to back them up. It's just wild conjecture. And they released them at Friday at 6 o'clock. That's, that way they can make sure you don't get your comment in denying it all and pointing out the baselessness of it. Well, that, that's it that, that's typical PR 101. Let me ask you this question. Where do you see the country headed? We know where it's headed under Biden. Nothing he's doing is working. I've chronicled that every day and every night. My next question is, you know, for example, do you think we really have a shot in Virginia, maybe even New Jersey? I would think New Jersey is really hard. But in Virginia, at least polls showed that it's a dead heat. I don't know. Um, it's a blue state. Uh, but more importantly, the House for the Republicans in 2022. We have the most important bellwether Senate races that you could ever want in the lead up to 2024. And do you think and would you want Donald Trump to run again? Do you think he will and well, do you want him to? Well, I certainly want him to, because I don't think I think he's the only one with the courage and the strength both to hold the American first movement together, but to take the fight right to these epic criminals. But, Sean, I hate to I hate to answer your question with a question, but what guarantee do we have that we will have free, fair, honest, transparent elections? We certainly well, I, have I, if you follow my show, I'm urging every state to bring election integrity issues into play. For example, in Vermont, you, you, they allow illegal immigrants to vote in certain areas. That can't happen. You need voter ID, signature verification, chain of custody controls, uh, updated voter rolls every election, and partisan observers need to watch the count up close and personal, start to finish. That's the only way that I can think of. I, I totally agree. And in those states where you have a Democrat governor and Democrat legislature, not going to happen. Well, constitutional amendment is still available in those states to patriots who will look at the process and get busy. It can be done. We can be. And and by the way, it needs to be done. And, you know, all these the, the, the rhetoric of Obama this weekend. Oh, you know, Republicans are trying not to let you vote. That's not true. We just want election integrity. Well, this is a simple base. The same. The same idea that you need to go into the White House, the Democratic National Convention, the Capitol, uh, and to buy a beer. The same thing. Well, and the, the idea of Joe Biden, who sponsored the legislation that has incarcerated more black people for the first time, nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs, people who belong in drug treatment, not in prison because they're not a danger to anybody. But this guy's a champion when it comes to locking up black people. The statistics don't lie. He wrote the 94 crime bill. Uh, and uh, but he turns around and says, oh, these election reforms in Georgia, that's Jim Crow. But You're by the way, there's no early voting in, in Delaware. He's never lifted a finger to make voting more accessible in Delaware. And it's the same guy that partnered with with the former Klansman, you know, to stop the integration of schools with busings. Um, Roger, we're just out of time. You understand the constraints of time with radio. Sure. Um, our prayers are with your, your wife and, and our speedy recovery. And. And it was good to catch up with you, and I hope you come back again. God bless you, Sean. Folks who want to help us can go to stonefamilyfund.com. My wife is is really waging a a brave fight, and I appreciate all your support and your prayers. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side. Straight ahead.
accountable. Sean gets the answers no one else does. America deserves to know the truth about Congress. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get to our busy telephones here as we say hi. What's the name there? I can barely read it. James is in California. James, how are you, my friend? How is the uh, United Socialist Utopia commie land out there doing today? <laughs> well, it's doing it's doing about what it's been doing for the last, what, 30, 40 years. So, uh mm-hmm falling deeper into the hole. So, uh, but there are a lot of, uh, Trump supporters within California. Just not enough to get them elected there. I'll tell you that. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I, there's a big discrepancy on, on how the votes were counted this, this last year. So, uh, James, you're I, not going to convince me California or New York are salvageable at this point. You just can't. No, no. But anyway, what's on your mind today? Out anyway. Well, I called in today about the Alec Baldwin uh, incident. And I just want to, you know, kind of clarify uh, a, a little bit, you know, of my background is, you know, former military, uh, former uh, civilian law enforcement. I have acted. I've worked with prop guns. I've worked with squib and actually been a victim of an accidental shooting when I was a child. Oh, man. So tell me, well, tell me about that shooting. How old were you? What happened? I was nine years old. My parents, like their parents, were in law enforcement in some aspect. And, uh, you know, uh, me and my sister uh, got into a place we weren't supposed to get into, weren't watching my little brother. My little brother winded up shooting me. Oh, boy. Uh, me. It, it, it was and, a very uh, different time. You know, I have strategically placed, I have fingerprint safes that in the dark of night, in a second, I can have my weapon in my hand but totally completely oh, yeah. safe for and nobody else would be able to get in there and get it. Right. Yeah. If they would have had that technology in the early eighties. <laughs> no. Nah. Well, yeah, my mother used to leave a loaded revolver on, on her nightstand, which is why I think I was 10 that she looked my parents just felt it was imperative. They knew I was a kind of, uh, how would I say this? Um, an incorrigible child and, and probably curiosity would get the best of me. So they, they took me for gun safety lessons and it stuck. It stuck very well with me. Yeah, no, um, same here, you know, parents, you know, being in law enforcement and stuff like that, they took us to the range. They showed us, you know, hey, this is how you handle it. This is how you're supposed to, you know, treat every weapon as it's loaded and everything else. It was, it was just a stupid scenario. We should have been watching my younger brother. He was only what, uh, I think he was like three years old <laughs> whenever it happened. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, uh, All right. So you uh, know, you know a lot. You, you've actually everything. worked on sets of movies, and and when these guns are used, you you've had that job. Yes, um, I uh, did a few movies. Uh, they're B-rated movies. Nothing anybody's probably seen, but uh, have worked with squibs and stuff like that. And just so the audience knows, the squibs are actually. Uh, on your body, and they're what explodes to make it simulate uh, an actual round going into somebody. So um, those are, you know, those are just as dangerous as a prop gun, you know, and if, if not carefully managed and, ca- and properly placed, you know, they can hurt you and, and you know, the, uh, be severely hurt you. So uh, the whole thing with this whole Alec Baldwin thing, it just, you know, anybody who's had a gun safety course, Anybody who's been in the military, law enforcement, and even civilians who haven't done any of it but are gun enthusiasts and Second Amendment right people, 
you know, they know this. The, the number one rule is you never handle a gun without checking it. Everybody who has that gun has to check it. I, I agree with it to a point, but there were there are specific people in this case, and I don't want to defend this jackass because he's a jackass, and he was told, right. according to reports, that it was a cold gun. Now, there might have been right. other culpability because there were apparently previous incidents on this set of this movie that people have pointed out and even resulted in people leaving the job because they didn't feel the this, this safety conditions were, were were proper for this type of movie. So th there might right. be culpability, legal liability. Though I think somebody purposely put a live round instead of a blank in the gun. I I don't know that. Do I think it was Alec Baldwin? I, as much as I hate him, I tend to doubt he could do that. Um, I if but, so. but if he's ha if, if it's somebody's job to hand him a a prop right. gun and they say it's cold. You know, he's got to, at that point, believe the person that is being paid to do that job, right? No, no. Well, it falls back on him. So it goes, let's start from the beginning. So you have an armorer who has experience with her father. Her father was an experienced armorer for years on a movie. But she had a problem in, uh, I think, October 2019. Right. And so she worked on the movie set, and she was actually uh, the armorer on that. She wasn't quite, you know, confident in her skill, and it's not really what she wanted to do, uh, according to past, uh, you know, uh, statements she's made on radio shows and stuff. So, um, in interviews, so the chain of custody starts from the armor. The armor, you know, the whole scenario just is. There's like alarm bells going off everywhere. So first off, you know, she should be checking all the weapons before she even sets them on the cart that supposedly it was taken off of. Uh, there's a process. You, uh, beans that they were working with revolvers, the uh, cylinder should have been uh, uh, dropped out. You should have looked because because uh, anybody who's worked with revolvers, uh, they do not you know eject a uh, round or a shell casing. They stay within the cylinder. And if you pop the cylinder, you should be able to see all what's in the cylinder. If it's empty, you know it's empty. You should be able to look right there as it's open and see that there's nothing lodged inside the barrel. Also, you would need a clearing rod. A clearing rod is something that they use on a lot of uh, uh, ranges. As you're coming off the range, they're taking a small rod and they're shoving it down the barrel to make sure there's nothing. Well, inside look, we're, the we're getting deep in the weeds here. Yeah. Here, here's what I want to know. I just and and this is what's got to be determined is who put that bullet in the gun, number one, and who said it was safe, number two, and why? Would, what are these other incidents involving safety and, and safety protocols not being used on that set? That's where you now yeah. go get into the p p potential of legal ramifications. But listen, I appreciate right. your expertise. I'm going to let the, uh, let, let's see what forensics show. Let's see what the investigation brings. Uh, there certainly is something called involuntary manslaughter, who it might be applicable to. I'm not rushing to judgment. I believe in due process, the presumption of innocence. But I will tell you, it sounds like way too many, too much smoke here, and nobody stepped up when they should have. And that could be criminally negligent manslaughter or homicide in some ways, uh, at least according to the lawyers we've been interviewed. But we'll see. Um, thanks for the call. Moses, New Jersey. Next, Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean. Good afternoon, my friend. Thank you so much for taking my call. It's great What's up, Moses? How you been? 
pretty good, pretty good. And then over here in New Jersey, and yeah, just one day at a time. It's all we can do. We're going to see what happens. New Jersey, Moses, is hardly the promised land, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs> Got to stay positive no matter what, though. You know, make the best of the situation. But, Sean, when it comes to, like, you know, these elections coming up now, like the way that I see it, Sean, it is not just for the GOP to win. What they need to do is fight. Because right now, what I'm concerned is that the last five years, the Democrats have made multiple blueprints on how to derail candidacies for any Republican president and also for a Republican president that gets in office. We have unconstitutional impeachments with no witnesses and no hearings coming from Adam Schiff. We have Adam Schiff also putting out the doc of the phone records of lawyers and also other members of Congress, while you have other members of Congress sleeping with Chinese spies ending up on intel committees. Don't even get me started on that. And then we also have, we have, uh, you know, phone records that are being, uh, phone conversations with other leaders being leaked. What needs to happen, Sean, is that the Republicans need to respond to all these attacks in this legislative war that the Democrats are waging. They need to respond in kind so they can never happen again. I, th- I think half of Biden's cabinet needs to be impeached day one when we take back the, take back the House and take back the Senate. That's a given. But, but listen, I don't know, you know, what what the answer is but i'll tell you this if we if the democrats keep control of both houses with their op their stated political ambitions and power ambitions it's it's i don't see where and how we save the republic now is that again hyperbole it's not it just is reality is that there's not a single thing joe biden is doing that's working the Democrats will go forward with their power grab. They want to pack the courts. They want D.C. Puerto Rico statehood. They want open borders. You know, they bought into this this new Green Deal, climate change, madness, socialist agenda. All of this will come to fruition. And the greatest wealth producing country on the face of this earth that has been used to advance the human condition in ways that nobody ever dreamed of before will cease to exist and if that happens, so goes the world. The, not, not only do we need a strong United States, but the world needs a strong United States. You know, we've got China with their hypersonic missiles. Now China launching a satellite that apparently is capable of, of, of knocking out of the sky all of our satellites. Well, what is Joe going to do about it? Just like, you know, they've accepted the fact that Iran is going to be nuclear armed. Just like they accept the fact that it's okay to give Vladimir Putin uh, a waiver to build a pipeline to get rich, and then we're begging him for barrels of oil that we should be getting from Alaska and Texas and Oklahoma, or begging OPEC. I mean, th- th- these are, you know, it's America last right now, and it's radical new Green Deal socialism, or it's going to be the Trump agenda, America first, secure borders, energy independence, low taxes, less bureaucracy, constitutionalists on the bench, school choice, Free market healthcare solutions uh, for Americans that protect pre-existing conditions, uh, law and order, or no law and order, right? I mean, it's this is now the the single biggest choice election ever in the history of that. I've been I've been doing this now thirty three years, and I'm just telling you, the choice cannot be any more clear than where we are now. And now everybody's got to ask themselves what they're going to do about it. Thank you, Moses. Quick break. Right back to the phones. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, We'll check in with Sean Spicer at the top of the next hour. Andy Biggs on the border will update us. We'll get to your calls.
to our busy phones. What's up, Cindy? How are you? Hi, Sean. How are you today? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. I was calling in just to talk to you about the shipping crisis and how we're feeling it. Um, you know, I have a lot of concerns, obviously. I know a lot of other people do, too. But kind of wanted to talk to you from the common person, um, you know, coming from Alabama. Uh, right now, you know, my children are in elementary school. And it's gotten to the point where they no longer have juice. They no longer have milk. Um, some schools are not even serving breakfast anymore, just lunch. Uh, they no longer are selling or giving away um snacks to the children that can't afford them and it's gotten to the point where there's days when the children are going to school and for lunch you know they're eating uh chips with some cheese on it a little bit of salad with nothing else and that's their lunch and we should be concerned about this there's a lot of children in this world that i mean in this country that are you know they they rely on breakfast and lunch in these schools and um, this is this is becoming really bad. You know, I hear I hear stations and people talking about Christmas presents and and sweaters of different colors. I don't think that we're really focusing on the fact that, you know, children are, are not being fed. And, you know, I was I was in the grocery store the other day at one of the large box grocery stores. And I was absolutely frightened when I saw that there was no baby food. Um, there was no baby formula. And for infants that can't do breast milk or for mothers that can't breastfeed, you know, they rely on this stuff. Um, this is becoming extremely concerning. All I hear about is this $35 trillion package and this and that. But what about the children? What about the families? It's getting to the point where it's really scary. You know, we're in the shipping industry. That's our family business. And, um, you know, it's, it's not the truckers. It's not the truckers at all. So, you know, I'm listening to everything you're saying and what you're describing is now the new normal, which isn't normal at all. And the new normal now is, you know, that America is going to have to accept less. You're not going to get 15 colors. If you want toys for Christmas, you want your kids happy. You better order by by Halloween. That That's that's not we, we don't need to settle. We don't need to put our sweaters on and our thermostats down when all we have to do is go back to the policies that we know work starting with energy independence. You start there and then start controlling your borders and and create high-paying American union jobs in the energy sector. You know, $250,000 a year jobs are not easy to come by in this country. Um, and and then move the agenda further. We don't need $3.5 trillion in new Green Deal socialism either. You know, it's it, this is now becoming the biggest, most distinct choice election I've ever seen. And, you know, OK, well, Donald Trump sent out mean tweets. I'll take the mean tweets and secure borders, energy independence, lower taxes, less bureaucracy and and a president that actually is aware of what day of the week it is over what we've got now. Anyway, I appreciate your call. 800-941-SEAN is our number.